your Division II champions, Grand Valley State. It's the Ankara Podcast, presented by the Grand Valley Sports Network. What's up, Laker Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Anchor Up Podcast. It's a signing day special this week. It's been all that's on Tim Knott's brain for the past three weeks or so, and now it all comes to fruition. The Anchor Up Podcast is presented by Metro Health, the official sports medicine provider of GVSU Athletics, your health, our passion. Today is Thursday, February 4th. We are one day removed from National Signing Day. My name is Jake Levy. Here is a no longer sleep-deprived Tim Knott by my side as well, now that National Signing Day is over. But hey, you know what, Tim? 43 student-athletes signed by the GVSU football team this week, and they are a phenomenal class. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch in a few years. Well, you know, Jake, Signing Day is basically, well, it's a national holiday, prior to the early signing period for Division Ones, You know, it, it kind of had that national holiday type feel back in the, what, just two or three years ago when the NCAA went to the December uh, signing day. It kind of took the luster off the, the early February signing day a little bit. You yeah. know, some stragglers left out there. But for Division Two, we're still getting the same guys. Right. And so it's a huge day for us, and a lot goes into it. And what a great job the staff did. I mean, we, we really went uh, full bore on it this year. Uh, we did a two-hour uh, show yesterday on ESPN3. You did a two-hour radio show at the same time from 12 to 2. Uh, we signed 43 student-athletes, and uh, uh, Matt Heisiger did an unbelievable job with the graphics. You did a great job with social media. Mitch Ashcraft uh, uh, you know, filled in and did, uh, did a great job. Maria Babcock, um, Abby Paragon, the whole staff did an unbelievable job, and uh, it, it really takes an army to pull this off. I mean, it, it is a huge deal. Uh, we put a lot into it. The graphics were phenomenal. Uh, the, the outreach, the reach that we had, you know, with social media, phenomenal. Uh, just a great product we put out there. And uh, but now with that, it's a lot of time and work. I mean, we're, we're talking 43 kids we signed. Uh, the coaches did an unbelievable job of recruiting, and uh, we, we kind of uh, brought the uh, back end on the caboose and uh, rounded out the. This, the class. That's right. Well, I'll speak tip of the captain, Nick Postma, as well. What a job he does as recruiting uh, coordinator to make sure that he gets all that information to us and he does his stuff. I mean, Matt Mitchell gave him a ton of props in our interview. And by the way, later on in this podcast, you're going to hear the segment with Matt Mitchell from my radio show yesterday. And Mitch was fantastic, as always, breaking down not only this class, but the state of GVSU football in general as they begin going into real practices in the next couple of weeks. You definitely want to make sure you stay tuned for that here in a little bit. And he's busy. He's tired coming off this signing day week, as we all are. But I'm glad you mentioned all those people that make this thing happen. And if you haven't seen any of those awesome graphics, make sure you go to at GVSU football on social media to check out what they have up there for you. You can also rewatch that signing day TV special on ESPN3. If you'd like to go check that out as well, it's available on demand on watchespn.com. So we got a lot of coverage of signing day. We talk about those 43 student athletes. I mean, uh, to me, the fact that you have so many signed to only 24 are from Michigan too, such a great well-spread class, some guys that had some real Mac, FBS, FCS offers, and Coach Mitchell was very candid about it in our interview that you'll hear later on in this podcast. A big thing that helped them was the dead period for Division One over the last yeah. year. Yeah. He said, point blank, we had a chance to talk to some guys that were coming off their junior year that looked good, and we got to see them, and we got to work them out, and D1s didn't, so we got to see their senior year body, and D1s didn't, so we got a huge break in that regard, and I think you see the proof there in some of these unbelievable names that Grand Valley was able to pull out. 
Absolutely, the shutdown of summer camps also because a lot of these schools, that's where they were going to uh, see these guys. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, I'm going to throw some names out. Noah Kendall. Noah Kendall hits the camp circuit last summer. There's no chance he's coming to Grand Valley. Right. I mean, that, he's, he's, you know, flat out, he's an unbelievable interior defensive lineman. And, and, we'll, and we'll go through some of the names later. But, I mean, uh, that gave us the opportunity to get, on, get in on those kids. And then, you know, it, we still lost a few kids. You know, our, our social media uh, range, other schools, Mac schools, pay attention to what we put out there. So when, when, when coaches see kids that are, are committing to us, all of a sudden it piques their interest. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we still lost three to four kids who ended up taking Division One scholarships or walked on to a Power 5 school. And, uh, you know, so our reach, people pay attention to it. And so, we, you know, we, we signed 43 you know, there, there actually was 45 to 46 in the hopper there um, that we actually lost. And so, um, you know, it's it, just a testament to the st- job the staff did. Um, and, and, and we benefited from these kids really not b- being out there to be seen. No question. And that was a big qu- conversation piece for Matt Mitchell. But you'll hear more from that in a little bit. Don't want to spoil the interview with him. Uh, he was great as always. But time to go for a recap of what we've seen here around Grand Valley in current student-athletes that are here participating. Our weekly recap is brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Here for you now more than ever, confidence comes with every card. And we start with GVSU men's basketball because it's the easiest one to recap. Well. They didn't play. <laughs> so they were supposed to host Wayne State over the weekend due to COVID protocols. They do not play. The One of the two games will be made up next Tuesday. That's February 9th at 4 p.m. at the Fieldhouse Arena. It'll be available on ESPN 961 for the radio and on the Grand Valley Sports Network. So make sure you check that out and watch that special 4 p.m. tip between the Lakers and Wayne State. We'll preview all the games coming up a little bit later. But then the Lakers do not play over the weekend against the Warriors. But the women's basketball team went to Detroit at the Mathai Center. Always a tough place to play. Came out of the gates a little sluggish, but they turned it around quickly. Got a couple of wins on the road against Wayne State. Another couple of double-digit performances from Emily Spitzley. She was good once again. Hannah Kulis was huge for the Lakers in the second game. She made six of eight free throws, which was massive. And this team is really starting to come together in that regard, Tim. Those little things like making free throws during a game. The things that Coach Williams talked about during the sports report this week. The stuff that, yeah, you can shoot free throws in an empty gym all you want. When it comes down to mattering to put points on the board, you can't replicate that. So they're getting some game reps that matter, and you're starting to see that pay off. Well, I'm going to touch on a couple things. One, how about the roller coaster that Brooke McKinley? I mean, Brooke McKinley, we talk about it in the office. Brooke McKinley, feast or famine. And for, for Brooke, as she came through unbelievably well. Um, and, and five and, threes on Five threes, Sunday. you know. But Brooke has been either double-digit scorer or two points or less. And, but you know what? Other kids are picking up. But then Brooke comes through and a need, uh, you know, needed those points big time on Saturday. And uh, she came through. And you're just, the maturity of this team, and we've talk, we talk about it in the office all the time, the maturity is off the charts with how these kids are progressing through the trials and tribulations of college basketball. We're playing a, y- a lot of young kids that are just figuring out, hey, this isn't high school. I can't just show up and roll the ball out and, and, and be a great player. It takes the, um, you know, the, the fortitude to put back-to-back games together. And, mm-hmm. and that's not easy when you're a freshman, especially when you're being relied upon. We need these freshmen to produce and, and to, to be a good basketball team. This, te- this whole team needs to play well. Those freshmen are figuring out 
I got to, you know, I can't just show up. I need to be ready and prepared every game. And it's kind of funny because I go back to my first year here. My very first road trip outside of the Michigan exhibition games was with basketball to the Mathai Center for men's it's a tough place basketball. to play. Well, the first game that I ever saw was the game where Taylor Parmley had to score 33 points, yep. including all 13 in overtime to yep. will the Lakers to a win. But that was really the turning point of that season. That really said, okay, this Laker team can win some games. They built off of that one, got better. And remember, that was the year that that senior class from last year yep. were sophomores. Yep. And they all grew up that mm -hmm. weekend. And I feel like this weekend we saw the same thing. Because they came out, they gave up 18 points in the first quarter. They were down 10 at halftime of the first game. They turn it around. They win 66-57, to a tough, gritty win against a Wayne State team that has some really good post players, that has some really good opportunities. They outscored Wayne State 25-14 to in the fourth quarter, 14-6 to in the third. They came out with such a new vigor to them in that second half, and they carried it right over into Sunday with the 61-49 win. This could be one of those weekends where you saw a lot of those freshmen really take another step forward. Yeah, give up a combined 20, or 20 points in the second half of that first game, the 66-57 victory. Um, I scored them 39 to 20. Right. Um, you know, and, and like you said, dominated the fourth quarter. Outscored uh, Wayne State 25 to 14. And if you look at again, once again, the distribution of points on on the on the uh, evening: 17 by Spitzley, 16 by Coolis, uh, Quay with 11, and then Gerald's with uh, seven, um, Drosty with eight. And so you're seeing it from different players, and that's one thing we have talked about every week on this. I've, I feel like it's a bro broken record sometimes. It's different kids stepping up all the time. Yep. And, and but this team needs that. This team isn't, you know, other than, uh, you know, uh, Hannah Coolis and Emily Spitzy, they have become known commodities. But teams are focusing on them. Hey, let's try to take them out of the game. But then other kids are stepping up. And, you know, you, you see uh, Hadley Miller has stepped it up. Uh, Drosty is really playing well. Riley Bisball, uh, Quay, um, you know, so you're really seeing that production and maturity come to fruition. It's been fun to watch. Yeah, and then on, go to the track and field side of things. They also hosted their Open last weekend, had eight schools in town to get some more provisional qualifications. Emma Richards with the shot put, a 14.49-meter throw. Fernisha Robinson-Mitchell with a weight throw of 17.31 meters. Then Casey Ritma, who was the GLIAC Track Athlete of the Week, ran the 3K in 9 minutes, 52.74 seconds. And Carly Livingston with a third-place finish in the pole vault at 4 meters, all putting up good numbers on the women's side. On the men's side, Micaiah Smallwood won the 60-meter hurdles in 8.17. That was a provisional qualifier. Jensen Holm in the 3K ran it in 8.20. And then Justin Scavarda, who it was funny to talk to Jerry Baltus about that performance by Justin, his weight throw was the second best of his life, and then he, or sorry, his shot put was his second mm -hmm. best ever of his life on the first round. Then they switched over to the weight throw, and he was really struggling early on. Then his last throw of the day, he wound up not only getting the win, he also PR'd on the last throw of the day. So what a day for Justin Scavarda from the rafters yeah. on both sides of the throw. Well, you know, you see that a lot of times when uh, a student athlete in the throws area will be struggling and all of a sudden pop a big throw. It comes out of nowhere. We, I, you know, we've had student-athletes win national championships with that. Foul, foul, pop, NCAA champion. That's why they and give you three chances, That's why they right? give you three chances. But, uh, again, uh, you know, another great uh, performance by the Lakers in the track. Um, this week's meet will be, a, you know, a step up in terms of competition. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give uh, you some props here too, Jake. We've tried something differently, different rather, with uh, broadcasting track and field. We're doing some stuff that at Arkansas, Oregon – Power five schools who are known for track and field, okay, first of all, aren't doing. 
you, you uh, put together where we are individually broadcasting each event, which we kind of just through the process of, of trial and error, we figured out that's what the people want. So we're going to give the people what they want. That's right. So, well, and uh, this year's different. You know, <laughs> I do. Of course, we're glad to have student athletes competing again, doing what they love to do. But parents love watching their kids. Families yep. love watching their kids compete as well. And track and field such a unique animal. Absolutely. In the sense that, you know, in a basketball game, yeah, there's a bunch of kids on the court, but they're all doing the same thing. Versus track and field, yeah. you have a throw going on while a jump's going on, while there's a race around the track. So you can't just put on one stream and see everything to the extent that you'd like to. Right. So I think that was a really good idea. And Jerry Baltus was the one who thought of it and said, hey, is there a way we can make this happen? And I think, you know, we put our heads together in the communications department. And we said, how can we make this work? We found a few different solutions. And through a team effort, we were able to do it. And I think it's a worthy service to make sure that anybody that wants to watch their student athlete compete in 2021 has that opportunity because you can't just go into the Kelly family right. sports center and buy a ticket and sit down and watch what you want to watch. So to put you at the mercy of us makes it a little more difficult. So I'm glad we're able to give those people the opportunity to watch their student athletes that are competing. But I do appreciate the props. Of course, setting up five streams is five times the work. Yes, it like is. We well, say, great it job. Is, and it is, uh, you know, well we were able to it. give that to them. Uh, you know, we, we did it with swimming and diving earlier where we showed the diving and the swimming as, as, as separate broadcasts. And I think that uh, went over well. So we're, we're continuing to do that. And uh, this weekend on Saturday, we're going to do the same thing. So, uh, you know, we, we, we keep tweaking it a little bit every week, finding a different iPad, finding a ca camera angle. That's right. it, it, but it, it's been fun, you know, and, and I, I think the parents and student athletes are, are, uh, are liking it. So we're trying to do what's best for the people. Um, Jalen Rose says something on his on his radio show. Where, something about the we're here, we're here for the people. Well, that's that's what we are. We're that's here it. for the people. We're here for the people. Well, we're also here for some sponsors. Let's give you some reads. The Anchor Up Podcast is brought to you in part by Novacare. Discover the power of physical therapy with the official physical therapy provider of GVSU Athletics by PNC Bank, the official bank of GVSU Athletics. PNC Bank. For the achiever in you. It's also brought to you by Earhart Construction, the official construction company of the Grand Valley Sports Network. By Homewood Suites Grand Rapids, enjoy all the comforts of home at the only extended stay hotel in downtown Grand Rapids. That was your recap of all the events on campus at Grand Valley the last week, brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Tim, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to add in some swimming and diving here. They weren't on campus, they were off right. campus. They competed at uh, Calvin University on Friday night. A couple of impressive wins for the Lakers, hit some uh, provisional times. And Saturday, they stepped it up a notch. Uh, went and took on Oakland University. Grand Valley State had not swam against Oakland since 1997 at the GLIAC Championships. Oakland was a member of the GLIAC. Uh, so in that you know period of time, the Lakers had not swam against them. Well, uh, in this time of COVID, you're trying to find opponents, non-conference opponents, conference opponents. Called Oakland, hey, you, do you want to have a meet? Sure. We went over there and competed. Um, and did extremely well. Uh, lost both duels. Now, however, Oakland is one of the top uh, Division I swimming diving programs in the country. They've won 42 straight conference titles between the GLIAC and the Horizon League wow. on the men's side, 26 consecutive for the women. So they're an established program. And uh, we hit some uh, uh, on the men's side. We'll, we'll start with that. Uh, we, hit, um, we won nine events in the, in the meet. Uh, what we do to teams, we kind of out-depth teams. We'll have, we have some elite uh, swimmers and divers, but we really beat teams at our level um, with depth. Well, that's kind of what Oakland did with us. But we won nine events, uh, and they beat us in the depth area at those seconds and, and, and thirds uh, 
paid off. But we did have eight NCAA cuts. Jesse Good Goodyear uh, hit the standard in the 1,000 free. Uh, 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 Marat Sala um, also hit uh, three provisionals. Keegan Hawkins turned in an outstanding uh, afternoon uh, with three NCAA provisionals um, with a first-place finish in the 100 breast. He had another cut with a first-place finish in the 400 IM while also hitting the cut in the 200 back. So great job by him. Oscar Sara Armengel. Um, had two NCAA cuts, and freshman Eric Heber had two NCAA cuts. And Chris Kelly um, had won the one-meter event and, and, and the uh, three-meter. So a great job by the men. And the women's side, they hit 11 NCAA marks on the afternoon. Netta Schiff, uh, Sarah Puskas, uh, Melina DeCourt, and Delaney Wiebrink, and Samantha Larch all hit NCAA cuts. Um, and so just a great job by the Lakers in the pool. Uh, and they will continue this weekend at Davenport for swimming, and they're going to host the, NCR, the Grand Valley Open in diving. Uh, they're progressing towards the Gleave Championships, which will be February 17th through 20th at the Holland Aquatic Center. Uh, um, it, that's in February. And then uh, with the NCAA Championships uh, take place down the road. That finally wraps up your recap. As we uh, give you a look at everything going on around Grand Valley, as we say, it's busy here. So you got the signing day coming on Wednesday. It was also yesterday was uh, National Women and Girls in Sport Day. So we want to give a tip of the cap to that as well, to all of our female athletes, past, present, and future for the continued growth of females in athletics. And a great job by Carrie Becker and our entire athletic department celebrating that, honoring the great growth that we've seen and continuing to push for the growth and the change as the female becomes more prevalent in sport. We're seeing it all over the place, whether it comes to refereeing, to coaching, to playing, et cetera. It's been wonderful to see and a great honor to be able to be a part of that. Yeah, the uh, Women of Sports Day was Wednesday, February 3rd. We're taking the whole month here. We're going to honor our current and former student athletes. And uh, through a variety of, of areas on social media, on the, on the gvsulakers.com, we've uh, got, received several videos from former student athletes. Um, we asked them for their stories. We're going to be publishing those. So over this next month, uh, we're going to be uh, putting those out via social media and on the website. So stay tuned to that. A lot of great stories out there and a lot of student, athlete, student athletes that love their time here at Grand Valley State, and they're going to um, let the people know about it. For sure. So a busy day yesterday, of course, signing day involved as well. And so without further ado, let's get you to that interview with Matt Mitchell. All of our guest interviews are presented by Coors Light, reminding you to drink responsibly, distributed locally by Alliance Beverage. So here is the interview with head coach Matt Mitchell from yesterday during the radio signing day special. Welcome back, everybody, here to the Jamie Hosford Football Center, sitting in the team room that's going to get a little more packed because we add 43 new Lakers in the recruiting class. And here to talk about the big picture of it is the head coach, Matt Mitchell. Coach, thanks for being here. Congratulations on a great class and really appreciate you taking some time to talk to us. Cool, today. man. Appreciate you having me down. Of course. So let's talk, first of all, you know, we talked to Coach Postma, who's your recruiting coordinator at the top of the show. But I want to get your perspective as you were going into this year. What was the plan for this class? What was the thought going in? And how do you think you executed it? Well, you know, if I, I learned one thing from my previous uh, previous head coach, I worked for Chuck Martin. His only superstition was having a lot of good players. So we, uh, you know, we had an opportunity. I think there's a lot of factors uh, in this class, and one is Jake. Um, you know, we got shut down on March 13th because of COVID, both athletics and university. Uh, we had a lot of time in our basements to watch tape. <laughs> a lot of time in our basement to watch tape. And so, you know, we, uh, we hired some new coaches, um, and, and you get guys that are eager. They love being in Grand Valley. And we get out. We've got more time to email coaches. And we sat in our basements evaluate a lot of prospects. 
they had a lot of Zoom calls. You know, I was on every call with the offensive staff and the defensive staff evaluating all these guys. We had a huge system, like we've always had, but we spent a lot of time on that system. We targeted guys, and we went after those guys. And, you know, we have probably had more commitments uh, at the end of August than ever in my career, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that um, what was going on. You know, one, we – had the opportunity to really evaluate and dig in because we weren't spending as much time around our team. Right. Two, you know, Division One went into a dead period. Uh, they've been in a dead period since March, and that dead period is going to be almost a, uh, a almost it will be a full year. Now, these kids have been able to talk to a Division One coach face to face or visit a campus. Division Two, different rules. I was really fortunate that our university allowed us in August to bring some prospects on campus. We got to spend time with them face to face. We got to, you know, it was obviously small groups, socially distanced, all the things that, you know, doing it right. But they got to come to campus and experience us. And then I had the opportunity in December <clears throat> to, again, ask people if I could come out and see them. And we did it mass socially distance. I did a bunch of home visits. And those relationships mattered mm-hmm. more than offers, more than offers. So I think that what happened with the NCAA in regards to rules was it advantageous. I think that we had some time as coaches um, to really evaluate and sign, seal, and deliver some guys. And uh, there are definitely some guys that had FCS offers. And I also think that if there would have been camps this summer, a lot of these guys would have had FBS and FCS offers too. No summer camps. None of these kids got a chance to go out on the camp circuit. And I think that was very impactful in the class of 21. And uh, we're excited about it. I think the other factor is Illinois not playing football. Um, there are a lot of Illinois kids on here that I firmly believe, had they played a senior year in the fall, uh, would have had um, some opportunities at higher levels. But all coaches had to go on was their junior tape. Mm. And football is a sport that where you, from your junior or senior year, there's a lot of development. A lot of development. No tape on any of these Illinois prospects. And so we worked off junior tape and seeing them in person. That allowed us to get the jump on a lot of these guys. How much of that is a gamble of saying, we think this guy can be this, right. because obviously you can't see it on tape. It is. I mean, it's a little bit of gamble, but again, we had the per- we had a chance to see him in person, and I think that was really critical, where some other Division One schools didn't. you got to see him. you got to see a little bit of that from their junior year, um, which was obviously in 2019 until the summer. You know, we saw a lot of these guys in summer 2020. You saw them in person. You saw some of the physical development. You got to see the growth. See it. Yeah, you can see them when they walked in the door. You can see it. Summer, they're wearing T-shirts and shorts. Different than winter where they're in a park. <laughs> you know, so you have the opportunity to be able to do that. And, again, like there's a little bit of a gamble, but it's not like they had bad bad junior tape. You know, it, it, you know, it, it, was, sure. it was it was it was junior tape. I'm telling you, they're going to be playing six uh, six games at State of Illinois in March. I've encouraged all of our signees to play football. I don't want to even sit out. And I bet we're going to see some really fantastic performances by some of these kids from Illinois coming up here in March and April. Yeah, that's going to be really cool for us to see as we watch some of those guys that we know. I mean, it was just fun knowing who some of those commits were watching the Michigan high school football playoffs yes. and watching them through the state championships. Talked to Coach Postma about this a lot as well. But a lot of the guys on this list have either won a state championship or have records that are unbelievable. They've been to the playoffs. They're part of winning cultures. And that seems to be an important piece of what you guys are doing. Huge piece. I mean, huge piece. When you have championship-level expectations coming out of high school, when you enter our culture where we have championship-level expectations, where 8-3 and three isn't good enough, then you're not as shell-shocked. You're not as shell shocked. When you come from a program where it's okay to go two and nine, and you step into a building, when you walk, you walk down, you see Jamie Hosford Football Center, you see national championships, conference championships, you walk in a lobby and you see championship trophies. Um, it doesn't shock you as much, you know, when you've had championship level expectations. And so I think that's a really big key, you know, in this thing. I was trying to tweet out there early. I think, you know, we had 11 guys when they started back up, which was phenomenal. Guys play a state championship. I'm watching them. I'm fired up for the guys. I'm right. there. You know what I mean? It was, it was fun. It was fun. I don't really get to, 
take in those games as much because typically we're in the middle of our season when that's happening. So that was unique this year too. That's a really good point. Yeah, and then now you know we're going to ha- start practice next Tuesday and we're doing some you know joint practices, scrimmage some other spots. But I'm going to have the opportunity to be able to watch some of the Illinois stuff occur too, and uh, that'll be fun too because those guys are with us, and I'm really looking forward to see those guys having success. You probably watch more live football than ever before in your life over these last couple of months. One hundred percent. You know, and I, I, um, you know, NFL would probably be the big one. You always have your eye on college football. Sure. Uh, but, you know, on Sundays, a lot of times, Jake, like, we're down in here game planning, and we don't get to watch much NFL football. Let's tell the truth Sunday. You can't be yeah, watching the exactly. NFL. Exactly. Yeah, we're down here. So we had that, and, like, so cool, and, and had the opportunity to kind of, you know, um, keep up with some of our guys, too. You guys have well-documented here in, in, in sports information and marketing with what's happened with Matt Judon and Nick Kaiser. You know, I think it's just an, an unreal cool stat that coming up here on Sunday with the Super Bowl that Grand Valley's got a guy in it and Alabama doesn't. That'll probably be a fun <laughs> fact that I'll take with me to my grave. Uh, but really, really cool, you know. And um, you know, just to tell you about a little trip over Thanksgiving, um, you know, we drove took a socially distanced trip down to Tampa. I stayed with Dan Scuda, a former player. Awesome. Had dinner with Alton Vaughn. Which you guys had on the podcast. Yep. If you guys have not heard the Alden Voss podcast, you need to listen to that. You guys did a phenomenal job with that one. And then I went to the game. I got to see the Kansas City Chiefs at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Huh. And saw Nick Kaiser, and he gave a jersey to my kids. And we saw that game. Chiefs at Bucks live, me and my kids, and now I'm going to watch it again on Sunday. Yeah, a little bit higher stakes. A little higher stakes this time around, but that was such a cool weekend for me that I wouldn't have been able to do that. Sure. You know, really close relationship with Dan Scuda, Alton Boss, guy's been on our program, and Nick Kaiser. Just one of those deals that was a really, really cool moment. Great guys, and that's a great opportunity for you and the family. Of course, I'm sure the kids love to get to go to the NFL games, Raymond James Stadium, and obviously get a jersey from an NFL player is pretty cool as well. But as we go back to the guys that are coming here now, I want to ask you about the new members of your coach staff because you have three new members on the offensive side so how if you're scott if you're roy if you're uh, ryan who i just talked to how do you sell grand valley if you've never really coached a grand valley football game <laughs> well i would say uh starting with wooster he played against us a lot that's right <laughs> at wayne and so he knows he knows what lovers is all about he you know what i mean he knows what this atmosphere is about yeah he knows the championship level expectations and so i think for him you know a transition coach roundtree uh, a couple things on him you know one um, you know, he's at the University of Michigan, and he kind of knew a little bit about Grand Valley. But he was on staff at College State Pueblo. We went out there and beat him in a playoff game. I didn't know that. Yeah, yep. 2000, I think it was 15, when we went out. How often do you remind him of that? <laughs> he reminds us. That was the Martavius <laughs> Carter breakout party uh-huh. uh, in the playoff game. So Coach Tree was on the sideline for that game. Wow. You know, it was that, that game. And then I think the other thing, when you talk about Coach Olson and his deals, like he's been involved in Division II football. He coached at uh, Mankato State, mm-hmm. really good Division II football program. Quincy in Illinois, GLVC member. So knows about that, and he GA'd Eastern Michigan right in the state. So you know, kind of got you triangulated. Yeah, he, yeah, he so he has familiarity a little bit, you know, with Grand Valley. So, but you're right, coming in here, and um, you know, I think it really helped those guys too of like being around our players and being around our culture and getting a feel for things. I just can't tell you how important those 13 fall practices were for us as a staff. Really, really critical. We talked about that on the Anchor Up podcast, and so that was a really good deal to have that. So they felt the culture, and so they're around our players, and they had a feel for you know the type of players we're looking for. Um, when you take a look at some of the guys that we, you know, in our program currently that we're really proud of, they knew the expectations of what we we're looking for, and I think that helped. You know what I mean? And sure. you know, you can't can't diminish the you know the defensive coaches who've been so solid. You know, in my career as a head coach here with the coach Lewis, coach Post, with coach Bibbs, our defense has been rock solid, and so they know that they can share their experiences as assistants with those new guys too. But you know, with the new assistants, we opened up some pipelines. Coach Roundtree's from Dayton. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, went to the University of Michigan, and we put him down pretty much on that I-75 corridor. He started uh, down – he was starting in Toledo, went all the way down to Columbus and Cincinnati. The Roundtree name is known down in that area. And when you take a look at some of the guys recruited, like he, he was planted down that area. Coach Olson pretty much hit state of Indiana. He had experiences at Eastern Michigan and also, you know, at Quincy, dealing with that state a little bit. And Coach Wooster, I kept him on the east side of the state. He grew up on that side of the state. He played at Wayne, uh, Warren Mott, coached at Wayne. He knows those coaches over there, you know. So we were very strategic with our geography of where we placed the new assistant coaches to try to get the maximum reach in regards to hitting the ground running and not having to, you know, learn a lot about new high school coaches and, and players. Well, I've gotten to know them a little bit, and if the energy they brought today Mm-hmm. Is anything like those three are going to bring on game days? They're going to be a lot of fun to have around. I'll tell you that much. They're great additions to the staff. We're really excited to see what they can do. But speaking of different uses of the staff, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I didn't know of Nick Postman as a recruiting coordinator before this year. Was that a position that was recreated, or is that something you guys kind of looked at and said, we need to do something to kind of help shore up our pipeline? How did that come about? We've always kind of had a, a recruiting coordinator. I just don't know that we've probably done a, a good enough job with Coach Postma putting that uh, you know, on the website and publicizing oh, okay. it as much. Does that make sense? And, <laughs> yeah. and part of that, too, is like, you know, uh, as a head coach, you know, I don't want to dovetail too much of this, but I really hope that all my assistants have professional opportunities. I don't try to hold people back. I hope we have a lot of success at Grand Valley. And if they have an opportunity, again, I don't want to lose them. I don't want to come off like I'm going to lose them. But if they got an opportunity for their family to make more money or do someplace, that's great. Coach Post was very loyal. So some of the things with the title provides those opportunities. But he's always been that guy. He does so much groundwork when it comes to all of our visits, all of the stuff and communicating with compliance and sports information to make sure things. And again, like the today graphics were just on point the instagram you know the the stuff there even the shows that are occurring both uh, you know simultaneously on the radio and on air i mean so on point and you know 40 prospects we got to get you guys the information you got to no know who question. they are you know so somebody's got to run point on that project and he does and so he he's the guy that does a lot of stuff behind the scenes to keep to keep the recruiting thing organized we use google docs that's our go-to okay and so you cannot admit we have a thousand prospects in there a thousand <laughs> prospects and you know links to huddle highlights their gpas all that stuff he keeps that document tight really really tight and so when we're on the road you can pull up on your phone google docs and you can take a look at a kid and you can see what's going on he does a lot of organization administrative work that goes unseen but allows us to sign this many kids i think we should add to his website bio buffer for coach mitchell and tim not <laughs> as has another part of his title as yeah, well yeah. but uh, you come to this season now we're going to talk about the specialists here in just a little bit because you sure. added two as part of this yep. class but this semester has just gotten underway and you guys did something very interesting this year because of of not being able to play in the fall where you kind of flipped your seasons. We've talked about it a little bit where you played your off championship season in the fall and are using your championship hours in the spring. So tell us a little bit what practices will look like this spring and kind of what the plan is as you go forward. For sure. So we, uh, we're in week three of uh, strength and conditioning. Um, so basically, you know, our university shut down on Thanksgiving. And so that guys had about eight weeks, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they stayed on top of things. But I want to make sure we came back that we just didn't jump right into fully padded practices in terms of player safety and wellness. We did three weeks of strength and conditioning guys done a great job with that we just had our third consecutive week of no positive COVID tests you know knock on wood and we and our guys have done a really good job of that so we got over 90 guys doing things we're going to start practice next tuesday um, we basically are going to find a balance getting better at football but again um not trying to kill these guys you know in regards sure. to their bodies so we're practicing tuesday thursday sundays um and we're going to do four straight weeks of that so getting about 12 practices and then 
we have outside competitions uh, that we have on the calendar right now. The first two are 100% locked in and confirmed. So the first one is March 13th down in Valdosta, Georgia. Um, we're going to be taking a trip down there. That's a team that won a national championship two years ago. So we're going to uh, drive down there. It's going to be a long bus trip, Jake. But, Ooh. you know, um, it, I, I want to do that because it's high-level competition. Um, I wanted to get out of our region. I did not want to play anybody in the GLIAC. Smart. Uh, part of that, too, is I got a new OC, new staff. I don't want anybody to see that tape. And so we're heading down to Valdosta. Um, I know Gary Goff, the head coach in there, because he used to be at Tiffin, and we work on some NCAA committees together, so we work that out. We're going to do a little bit of something on Friday, and then we're going to treat Saturday like a game. And uh, and I think the best reason to have a scrimmage and a quote-unquote joint practice as opposed to a game is in a game, we're going to win We're going to, we're going to win games at Grand Valley. With a joint practice, everybody can get reps. Sure. So I have a lot of freshmen, Jake, and retro freshmen that have not played a lot of football because of COVID. Um, and we're going to get them a lot of reps, a lot of reps. And so we're it's all about reps. Repetitions, a ton of repetitions. So we have Valdosta. Then we're going to have a week off, and we're going to crank it back up. We have Upper Iowa University coming in here on uh, March 27th. Um, they're coming on here. Whether that's at the turf or the lubbers will be dependent on weather at that point in time. And I'm close to finishing up a deal on April 10th with another opponent. So we'll have three. So they're not games, and I want to be clear about that. And because if we're going to play a game, we're going to try to win the game. Three joint practices and scrimmages allows us to get reps for the entire roster. And I think that's really, really critical, and that's what I wanted to do this spring. And these other coaches, I know. So sportsmanship will be at a premium. Injury prevention will be at a premium. And we are going to make sure that our players are safe, but they get a lot of repetitions. And so we'll have four weeks of what I would consider like preseason camp-type practices. Right. And then we'll basically have six weeks where it's a week on, week off. And by not going every Saturday, we allow for a little bit more recovery. If a guy's a little banged up, you can maybe get all three in in those off weeks. We can really dive into the tape from the previous Saturday and do a lot of coaching and teaching. A lot of times you play a game on Saturday and you got to get to the next game. It's hard. You talked about tell it two Sundays, but man, you move on quick because you're right. the game plan process. The truth's been told. Yeah, yeah. But now we can spend more time. You know, I mean, we can spend more time watching that tape and really dice tape. And I haven't worked out with all three opponents that you know it's a gentleman's agreement. We're not sharing that tape with anybody. The tape is staying in both both people's buildings, and I think that's important. I have a completely new offensive scheme. I do not need that getting out. But I did not want to go an entire year with outside competition. Every other student athlete at Grand Valley State, if things are on track, which they are, you know, we're doing well right now. Mm-hmm. We'll have outside competition in the 2021 academic year besides football. Yep. I really wanted to make sure that we had some outside competition. So we've been very proactive, and I appreciate our athletic administration, our football alumni, because they're allowing this thing to happen financially with some donations to allow us to have these outside competitions. And I think they're really, really critical if we're going to try to strive for championship in 21 to be able to do that. No question. And what a chance to build up and get some so many guys some depth, some really great experience that they, like you said, have missed out on because of not being able to play football. we got to let you go here soon. So before we do, I want to make sure we talk about the new members of the specialists because you are also the special teams yep. coach yep. here at Grand Valley. Let's start with Trace Hergich. He is a punter out of Wheaton, Illinois. Yeah, so we um, we needed a punter and we went out and about and found Trace. You know, Trace is a very unique story in the fact that um, he was kind of a multi-sport athlete, got into punting a little bit late, uh, but <laughs> very, very strong leg. Again, working off tape from his junior year, no senior tape, but we had the opportunity to see him in person kick. Got a really, really strong leg. I also think he's got a big upside. Um, I'm hoping we don't punt a lot with Coach Vitsum, but <laughs> <laughs> if, hey man, we got two-score lead late in the game. I trust our defense will punt it away. Really looking forward to having him. And then, um, you know, Colin is the other one from Macomb, Dakota. Yep. Colin Crab. He's an in-state kid. Very, very strong leg. Very excited about him. Um, you know, we have we did 
did not sign a, a specialist in last year's class, the class of 2020. And so these are big positions for us for the future of our program. I have a lot of confidence in Josh Gorball as our X-point field goal guy. He played a lot last year and our kickoff specialist coming back. But we need to get some depth at that position and some younger talent. I think both those guys, these guys do check both those boxes. Incredible that Trace was a five-star punter by Coles and pro kicker with only really having a couple of years now, as you say, as with punting experience at all. And then, like you said, Colin had some great numbers as well. He was 8 of 10 for field goals, 39 for 41 for extra points in his career. And we know how important those specialists can be, especially in those tight games. You talk about it, all three phases. And we're excited to see what all three phases look like. Hopefully, I'll be able to sneak onto the field for one of those closed uh, scrimmages. And at least I'll get a look at what the new look offense looks like. But we'll definitely keep that a secret until 2021. Coach, great to have you on. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Congrats again on a fantastic class. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate your interest. That interview with head football coach Matt Mitchell is brought to you by Coors Light, reminding you to drink responsibly, distributed locally by Alliance Beverage. The Anchor Up podcast is also brought to you in part by Uccellos, where great food and sports come together by DTE Energy, know your own power, by Mervine Beverage, drink responsibly, and by Fox Motors. Jake Levy, Tim Knott, back here with you. It's time to preview what's going on this week in Laker Athletics as it stays busy, and it's Ferris Week on the hardwood as Grand Valley State gets set to face off with Ferris State this weekend. Our weekly preview is prevented, presented by Ziegler Automotive. And first we start with the men because they play first on Friday up in Big Rapids at 3 p.m. The Lakers will take on the Bulldogs, who are coming off two very impressive wins against Michigan Tech. It's been a really weird year on the men's <laughs> side in basketball, just the way that it seems like one. It seemed like Ferris was down in the dumps, quite frankly, but they turn it around and beat a really good Michigan Tech team twice. So that's impressive. Who knows what you're going to get? I think Rick Wesley said it best on the sports report earlier this week. They really go how Walt Kelser goes. As if he's having a big game, they're really hard to beat. If he's down, you have a chance. Yeah. So it's going to be all about their. Big, talented point guard, and we'll see what the Lakers have against them for a couple of games this week, which, by the way, that Friday game will be on ESPN 961 on the radio. I'll be making the trip up to Big Rapids to get that one on the air so we can get a little rivalry basketball on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, and, and you know, that, again, a rivalry game. Uh, you talk about we've had some unbelievably close contests up there in the last seven, eight years, uh, lost a bunch of nail biters, just just you know some excruciating uh, losses uh, that have really come down to the last few seconds um, but you know I'll, I'll be curious to see how the Lakers re- regroup here not not playing last week you know the loss to Davenport a disappointing loss for them and uh, and none of those guys were happy and they wanted to get back out in the court uh, so they had some time off there able to practice which they quite frankly haven't had a lot of time to practice with lineups and then, you know, in this different time. Yeah, and they'd played three games in five days. Yeah, and so, you know, it gave them some time to practice and regroup. Um, so I'm really curious to see how how they, you know, come up from the start. And uh, Ferris is all, all, always plays well against us. They get pumped up, and this is a red-letter game for Ferris State, and it always has been. And so it's, it's going to be another – Great battle. Back-to-back nights uh, in Big Rapids. Yeah, I, th- I was going back through. I don't think the Lakers have hosted Ferris State in basketball since, what, 2018? I know. because Yeah, because we only played them once the last couple of years. Right. And because of the schedule, they happen to be at, at Ferris State. So, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, they played at home against Ferris on, like, January 4th yep. of 2018. And they were at Ferris January 2nd of 2019. And then didn't play in 2020, and then there you go in yeah. 2021. So right. It's it's a, it's been a long time since the Lakers have gotten a chance to host the Bulldogs, 
on the men's side, but oh, road victories are always a little sweeter. That's right. They'll have to go on the road up there to Ferris to take on the Bulldogs up there for Friday and Saturday, both games at 3 p.m. Again on Friday, we'll have you covered on ESPN 961 on Sunday. Make sure you stay tuned to at GVSU basketball for all the coverage links for how Ferris State will bring you that game on Saturday. Meanwhile, the women are back at home. Boy, I feel like we haven't said that in forever. Yeah, no kidding. The Lakers are 8-1. and one. They've only played two home games mm-hmm. so far this year, and Mike Williams has been so good on his home court in his tenure at Grand Valley, say here in his sixth year. So hopefully the Lakers can keep it going. They have really three of the best teams in the GLIAC still ahead of them to play. Michigan Tech on the horizon, Northwood on the horizon, Northern Michigan on the horizon. But first they have to deal with a good uh, Ferris State team as well. They're only three and six, but they were missing some pieces early. And after they lost the first three games of the season, they're three and three since. So they've bounced back a little bit. It'll be interesting to see what Ferris State team we get here at the Fieldhouse this weekend. But like you said, Ferris State always plays Grand Valley tough no matter what the sport is. And Ferris State's got a very talented team under a new coach. Well, they have a first year coach. And uh, so, you know, a little bit of adjustment there. I mean, Coach, now at least there's film out there. So, you know, you're not going in blindly like you did were the first couple of weeks of the year because really there was no film. Right. So now there's film. The coaches have an idea who's stepping up, who they need to focus on. And, you know, that's never – Grand Valley State never lacks in that area with our coaching staff. They do a great job of scouting and uh, preparing for the opponents. But Ferris is going to play well coming in here. And like we said earlier – we need to play well to win games. It's not like the last couple of years where you could roll the ball out on about 90% of the games and you were, you know, you were going to win the game. You were just out-talenting people. We had the Jimmys, the Joes, the coaches, X's and O's. We had it all. And uh, now the, uh, the coaching staff is just doing a phenomenal job. This team is growing. But they need to play well to win. It's not like, you know, it's not like uh, Spitzley and, and uh, Coolis can completely lay an egg and, 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 you know, and, and not do their job. So it'll be interesting. Uh, Again, great to get home for these ladies, and uh, I know they're excited. Yeah, one of the preseason all-conference players, Adrian Anderson, has not played for Ferris State yet, so hopefully she can get back soon. We wish her all the best. But on the other side, you talk about a freshman that's just been thrust into the spotlight. Caden Blanchard, the freshman guard, has started all nine games. She's averaging over 21 points a game. She takes five-and-a-half free throws a game and is shooting them at 88%. So keeping her off the free throw line is going to be the challenge for the Lakers. You know how much Mike Williams preaches not to foul. So that'll be an interesting matchup to see if one of the best free throw shooters in the GLIAC can come into Allendale and draw some fouls on that foul-free Laker team. And we'll see how that shakes out. But it's a team that can really score at the average 74 points a game, but they also give up 76 points a game, which is, again, kind of the antithesis of the way the Lakers have won their games as of late with those low-scoring games the Lakers kind of grind out. Yeah, and it's it's funny because uh, Grand Valley State women's basketball is kind of where offenses are left to to die because Mike Williams takes it up on his shoulders to make sure that teams do not reach their scoring total average. Uh, we've seen a lot of teams come in here averaging 60, 70 plus points a game, and they end up walking away with you know a high game of 48 to 51 points, 55 points. Uh, so he really, you know, a lot of pride in the, in the defense the Lakers play, and this team is really starting to play better defensively. And I think you started to see that last week. They're starting to pick up those concepts again with young players. It's tough to uh, adjust to that and they're really picking up the concepts now really help side defense and is doing their job and and learning how to play Mike Williams defense I think Gino Ariema and Mike Williams the two coaches in the country who don't like to foul and they are very uh, boisterous about that in terms of they'll tell you we don't foul and we don't want to foul 
That's a pretty elite company right there, to say the least. Yeah, well, we should the... like that. I just compared to Gino Ariyama. <laughs> He'll be happy with you this week. Well, on the track, the Lakers are back inside for the Snowdown Showdown at the Kelly starting Friday night at 6.30. The two-day event will have five Division I schools in town, Northern Illinois, Illinois, Chicago, Eastern Michigan, Valpo, and Indiana State all coming to take on the Lakers this week. Meanwhile, swimming and diving is getting closer towards those Gleaks as they continue to do some tune-ups. Diving will be at the GVSU pool on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Again, both diving and track and field will be on the Grand Valley Sports Network. Go to watchgvsn.com or gvsulakers.com for all the details of how you can make sure you are ready to watch those events on campus of course women's basketball will be available on talk 1230 wtkg on the radio i'll have you covered over there and then bill cuppy and his crew will have you covered for the grand valley sports network video production of the lakers and the bulldogs on the women's side so that's where you can watch and hear and follow all of the laker events coming up this week your upcoming schedule once again brought to you by ziegler automotive well it's another fun week signing day is in the books and now we turn our attention ahead to Really, some seasons all of a sudden coming into championship focus as now at the end of the month, some NCAA championships, some GLIAC championships on the horizon. So teams starting to get into that final shape. Men's and women's basketball begin the back half of their regular season this weekend as well. So everything is really starting to turn the page right now, and we're kind of feeling like back to normal. All of a sudden, you got volleyball starting in two weeks. You got softball right in tow behind them. Men's women's tennis on the road as well. Men's tennis is already underway yep. as well as they got yeah. their season started. The women are coming here in just a little bit. And then, of course, you know every sport's going here pretty soon. Yeah. So it's it's about to get very, very busy. Those recap portions of our podcast are going to get a lot longer here in the next couple of weeks. So hopefully you can bear with us. But big thanks to Matt Mitchell and his entire staff for being so gracious to work with us during signing day as well to come on to both of those shows. We hope you enjoyed the interview with Coach Mitchell. If you want to hear that entire program, we're going to find a way to get those segments with the assistant coaches out in due time as well. So make sure you tune in for those. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Bill Cuppy and his staff with the uh, Grand Valley Sports Network, uh, the camera crew, Bill Cuppy, uh, Steve Lloyd-Jones came in, the voice of Laker football, along with Tom Cleary, um, the voice of, Lake, of Laker football on the TV side. And uh, they, they do a phenomenal job. That was a two-hour show on the ESPN3 network. And uh, I mean, that thing went off with a hitch. And it's all because the, the, the guys we work with uh, do an outstanding job. So I wanted to thank them. Yeah, the team behind the team is doing a great job this week and continuing to do so to bring you all the coverage of Laker Athletics. Well, part of that team is Tim and I, and we just brought you another episode of the Anchor Up podcast brought to you by Metro Health, the official sports medicine provider of GDSU Athletics, your health, our passion. We will talk to you next week, and as always, Anchor Up. Oh, 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 o